of us learned good manners as children, so I thought, what better way to start the service today than take us back to our childhood? And what you saw just, just now was uh, a beautiful little story of what happens when people have bad manners. It doesn't end well. You end featherless. This morning, we're talking about having good relationships. We asked the question, why can't we be friends? And what we're going to do this morning is we're looking into the toolbox to pull out another tool to help you have solid relationships. And the tool that we're looking at this morning is called the tool of good manners. Now, here's what you and I need to understand about the New Testament, about the, about the Bible, is that Jesus Christ has come to this world to teach us, to show us how to have a relationship with our Father in heaven, and to how, how to have a relationship with one another. Now, the thing that you will discover as you read your New Testament is that the New Testament is a very practical book. It tells us practically how to live this Christian life. In fact, some people have a very wrong idea, a very wrong notion of what the New Testament is about. Some will say, you know, I read the Bible, but I really don't get it. So here's what I know, is that if, you're saying, if you're saying that, you probably really haven't read the Bible. Because if you read through the New Testament, you will find that it is chock full of, of great interpretation of Jesus' call to us to love God and to love each other. It's all about how to treat one another. And you and I both know that the way we talk to each other, the way we treat each other, is significant. It will affect our relationships. If you treat people badly, if you speak to people badly, it will impact you. It will hurt your relationships. And some of us are here today going through difficult times in our relationships. People at work, people at home, in our marriage, or kids, whatever. And it's simply because, you don't know this about yourself, but it's simply because you have got bad manners. Or maybe the others in your family have bad manners. But someone's got bad manners. And that's why your relationship is suffering. Now, we look at Jesus' life. What do we find? Very, very... Uh, beginning of his life at the very early his very early years, Luke describes Jesus in Luke chapter two fifty two like this. It says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and all the people. The only way that you could be known as somebody who's got wisdom and good stature and and is growing in favor with God and with others is if you understand God's call to all of us to love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love each other as we love ourselves. If you go through the New Testament, you're going to discover that it is an extremely practical book of instructions on how to love each other. In fact, if you read the epistles, the epistles, by the way, are simply the letters written by the apostles to various Christians in various churches. You will discover just some practical down-to-earth advice on how to properly treat one another. So look at these verses. We're going to look at the verse that this verse that Paul writes to the Christians in the city of Ephesus and it says this. It says, "Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps 
Because each word is a gift. Now let me ask you a question today. What are your conversations like? What comes out of your mouth? Would people describe you as a person with good manners that speaks well? That when you speak, the words that you leave with people actually encourage them, helps them, builds them up? Would they, would they characterize the words that you speak as, as a gift? Because that's what it really means to have good manners, and that's what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Is that we understand that what comes out of our mouth has got to be words that build people up. Now, for so many of us, we're impacted, we're influenced by our culture. And the thing that you'll discover about our culture is that we, we, we speak pretty foully. Jokes are, are suggestive at best and downright filthy at worst. We are sarcastic with each other. We put each other down. We think it's funny. I know some people, their relationships are built only on sarcasm. They, they spar with each other. And yet, they're doing nothing but tearing each other down rather than building each other up. The believer is called to speak words that are like gifts to the people that they speak to. When you walk away from someone, they should think to themselves, man, every time I talk to him, he always builds me up. I always feel encouraged. Don Davidson is one of our elders. That's Don Davidson. Every time you talk to him, it doesn't matter what's going on in his world. He's always got words to build you up and make you feel like a million bucks. You know people like that? I can mention other people, but he's the one, first one that comes to my mind. Every word he speaks is a gift. And when he speaks to me, he says to me after the end of the service, man, that was just what I needed to hear. Thank you so much. God bless you. And then he starts, he starts building me up. The next thing you know, I, I built him up, and now he's building me up. And I, he walks away, and I think to myself, man, what he just said is a gift to my heart, to my spirit. This is what good manners are, people. And then Paul says this to the Corinthians. These are the, the believers in Corinth. He says, hey, by the way, bad company ruins good manners. It's a very interesting translation of that, isn't it? Good, bad company ruins good manners. Do you know why so often our manners are not good? It's because the people we're hanging out with also have bad manners. In fact, here's what I know, is that we quickly become like the people we hang out with. And Paul is saying this, you've got to be careful about who you socialize with, who you hang out with, because they will rub off on you. And this is why Paul says, you know, really, at the end of the day, you really need to be careful because what fellowship does darkness have with light? And he says this. He says, um, why, should, why should the unbeliever hang out with the unbeliever when you have completely different value systems? And yet we do it all the time. Bad company ruins good manners. And he goes on to say this, and this is from the famous love chapter. Everybody knows 1 Corinthians 13. And it says this, and maybe you could read this with me. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love isn't jealous. It doesn't sing its own praises. It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't think about itself. It isn't irritable. It doesn't keep track of wrongs. 
Now, a lot of people don't understand that when it comes to love, we're not just talking about feelings. We're talking about something that we do. It, it, it really is a description of how we treat people. It's an attitude that's being described here. Everybody of us, every one of us has come across somebody who's impatient. And you know it's not pretty. Everybody has come across somebody who's unkind. Or somebody who's jealous and envious. They, they, they begrudge you any success or any, any, anything that goes well for you. They're, they're not happy about it. And every one of us knows people who brag, who sing their own praises. They brag and brag and brag. Whenever you're with them, they can't wait to tell you about the great things that have happened to, to them. But they don't really care about your life. That's just plain rude. It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't think about itself and so on and so forth. So here's what you and I need to understand about good manners. Good manners are all about respecting each other. And for many of us, We are kinder to strangers. We're more respectful of our neighbors whom we hardly know. We're more respectful of of people that we've maybe just seen on the street, more respectful to them than we are to our own family, our own spouse, our own children. And then we wonder why we can't be friends. Then we wonder why we can't get along. Then we wonder why things aren't going well for us. So here's what you and I need to understand. Good manners really is the practical outcome of the golden rule that Jesus taught us. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's what manners are. Do you want to be treated nicely? Then treat people nicely. Do you want people to speak well to you? Then you've got to speak well to them. Do you want people to be helpful to you? Then you need to be helpful to them. That's the way it works. And that's what good manners are all about. Now, I'm going to tell you this. This is the first time in 31 years that I've ever preached a sermon on good manners. Because when I first thought about it, I thought, man, that doesn't sound very spiritual. Talk about good manners. That sounds like something that Emily Post would give a lecture on. That sounds like something that you might read on a lady's webpage. You know, how to have good manners. But the fact of the matter is, is that good manners is the very essence of what it means to live like a Christian from day to day. So let's talk about some good manners today, and all about treating people as Jesus would treat people. And then I'll talk about some of the, the, the good reasons why good manners make sense. First of all, before we go any further, I've got to just say this. Because some people are thinking, oh, no, we're going to get a lecture on good manners. It's such an old-fashioned idea. Let's, let's, Pastor, don't be so stodgy and old-fashioned. Well, okay, I, I, I agree that we can be a little bit hung up on that. Listen to this. And this is taking good manners to an extreme. Here's a guy, Lord Chesterfield. I don't know if you know Chesterfield is not just something you sit on, but it's, it's someone's last name. And this is from the 1700s. And Lord Chesterfield, believe it or not, believes that laughing out loud, Sheldon, is bad manners. So I guess that's me. (laughs) Bad manners all the way. Here's what he says. He says, I would hardly wish that you may often be seen to smile but never heard to laugh while you live. Frequent and loud laughter is a characteristic of folly and bad manners. It is the manner in which the mob expresses their silly joy at silly things. And they call it being merry. 
In my mind, there is nothing so small-minded and so ill-bred as audible laughter. Can you think of any other kind of laughter than audible laughter? I am neither of a melancholy nor a cynical disposition. Oh, yeah? And I'm as willing and as apt to be pleased as anybody, but I am sure that since I've had the full use of my reason, nobody has ever heard me laugh. Okay, so let's just get it out on the table right here and right now. I'm not suggesting to anybody that we go to that kind of an extreme. Do you know that by the time we come to the end of the Victorian era some hundred years ago, the people of Britain were so tied up in knots about good manners that they would be paralyzed in the company of other people, especially people who may be of a slightly higher class because they, wouldn't, they weren't sure what fork to use, what knife to use, what spoon to use, what glass to use. They weren't sure if they should say yes, no, stand up, sit down. If they should tuck their napkin into their shirt or put it on their lap. They didn't know what to do. And everybody was just paralyzed over this. Look, I'm not saying that today. What the manners that I'm talking about are the manners that have to do with how we treat each other, how we talk to each other, how we interact with one another. I was at a wedding yesterday, and uh, I got to tell you, it's uh, you know I, I do a lot of weddings, but certain things stick out to me, and certain things I never forget. Well, the one that I saw yesterday, I'll never forget. It was a beautiful wedding, but one of the bridesmaids, as she was walking down the aisle, and I'm smiling, and everybody's watching. She's doing this as she's walking. Beautiful gown, beautiful flowers, beautiful hair, all dressed up, looking gorgeous, and then going. And as she got into position, I thought, well, hopefully, you know, it's just nerves, and she'll, you know, quickly stop that. Wrong. I'm going over the vows, and I just happen to glance over to her, and she's looking up at me like this because we're up a little higher. She looks up to me and is doing this. What is that? It's just bad manners. Now, I'm not suggesting we go back to Victorian England times, but I am suggesting this, that you and I need to understand that the way that we act It's got to be not in reference to what pleases us and what makes us happy, but in reference to what pleases others. And I'll talk more about that in just a moment. Good good manners, folks, grease the wheels of society. It makes it possible for us to be together and to interact with one another. When Gloria and I were in Greece, we went to church there, to the Greek Orthodox Church. And in Greece, they, well, when they're going through the service, they use a Byzantium uh, Greek that's a little bit complicated, and some people, you know, they don't get it all, don't understand it all. So while the priest is going through his thing, doing the, the smells and the bells and the Bible and the, and the march and the this and the that and whatever, people are just standing there talking, discussing what happened at work yesterday and what's happening after church. And are you going, you're going over to Yanni's place? For, uh, for Suvlaki, uh, and this is the conversation that's going on while the church service is happening. And I asked somebody, what's going on here? Why, why isn't anybody paying attention? Why is everybody talking while the priest is talking? And they said, I don't know, never thought of that before. 
I said, you kidding me? You never thought of that before? Everybody's talking at the same time as the priest is talking. I said, no, it's just the way we are. Hmm. Let me ask you a question. Have you thought lately of the way that you come across to people? It took a couple of foreigners living in Greece to tell the Greek people how we saw things from our perspective. Do you know, I was looking at the manners uh, of different cultures. Every culture has a set of, you know, of good manners and bad manners, what's acceptable, what's unacceptable. I was looking at Japan. I don't know why, but I was looking at Japan, and here's, here's what you have to do when you're in Japan. When you greet somebody, you don't stick out your hand, you bow to them. I like that. It's a way of not passing germs along. Secondly, you do not display motion. So you, you, you're not going to say, oh, you're not going to fall on anybody, or you're not going to be angry, you're not going to express you know, tears, you're going to be, you're not, no emotion. You're not going to make anybody uncomfortable. Next thing is this, is you don't blow your nose in public. You do it outside. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> You do, not stand, you do not stand with your hands in your pocket. You just don't do it. And finally, displaying an open mouth is rude. You don't do that. Now, here's the thing. For you and I, we look at some of that, we think, oh, that's ridiculous, that's silly, uh, that doesn't apply to me, I don't see what's the big deal. Okay, here's the thing. You could do that, but guess what? Guess what? You're, you're just thinking about yourself. As Christians, we understand that in order to facilitate good relationships with one another, we've got to be thoughtful of how the other person feels. Because at the end of the day, folks, we all want to be treated with dignity and with respect, with love and with kindness. And that's what good manners are all about. It's letting the spirit of Jesus Christ dwell in us richly so that our interactions with one another are full of grace. When I was growing up, here are some of the manners that we were taught, and you can just say amen if you were taught the same things that I was taught. Are you ready for this? Ladies first. A few, few of you polite people out there. Number two, no burping or making bodily noises. And the lady said, amen. Number three, say please and thank you and you're welcome and excuse me and no thank you. Yeah. Always open a door for a lady. Do we still believe in that? Yeah. The ladies are all saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Open that door. So I'm going to go after the service and watch what happens in the parking lot. This is going to be fun. Always offer your chair to the elderly or to ladies. Yeah? I heard one guy say, thank the Lord for women's liberation. Now they can stand too. When I was a little boy, my mother would take us down to the Bay or Eaton's on the bus and I used to hate it when elderly people got on the bus. I'm almost there myself, so don't anybody get angry about that. 
And I'll tell you why I would get upset. Because every time an elderly person got on the bus, my mother would make me stand up. Well, my brothers and my sister as well. But she taught us that when an elderly person gets on the bus, you should stand up and let them have your seat. I haven't been on the bus for a long time. Those of you who take a bus, is that still kind of a rule? Yeah? Still is kind of? Okay, okay, good, good to hear. Now, what about if it's just a lady? Just a lady. Do men still get up for ladies on the bus? Let them sit down? Some, some women don't like it. Some women just like, don't treat me like that. Yeah. What about a pregnant woman? Mm. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing, folks. We think that we're getting brilliant by sort of leveling the field. And gone is chivalry. Gone are good manners. And yet, there's something about good manners that makes us stand out from other animals. Isn't it interesting that when somebody has bad manners, what do we say? They're beasts. They're beastly. Always open a door for a lady. Always offer your chair to the elderly or to ladies. Never interrupt. Don't speak with food in your mouth. Never whisper to someone in front of others. Yeah? Ask permission to leave the table. Now, for some of you, that's not an issue because you don't eat at the table. You eat in front of the TV. (laughs) (laughs) Greet and invite strangers or new people into your circle. Have you ever been in a situation where you're the new person, you've come into the building, and there are cliques of people around And they might even glance over at you like this. And you never felt so lonely in all your life because you've been left out. Good manners says that we never leave a stranger or somebody new left out on the fringe. We invite them into the circle. At the table, learn to use a knife and fork and a napkin. Never brag No swearing or coarse language. Now, what about some manners for today? When you go to church, turn your cell phone off. Don't text, email, or surf when visiting with people. Someone came up to me after the service this morning and said, that was a good message. Oh, and by the way, uh, the guy sitting beside me was texting. So look, after the service today, I'm not looking for anybody to tattletale. Okay, you don't need to do that. But I will say this to you. Uh, I can actually see when people are texting. I can, I can see everything from up here. And I can see when people are paying attention or not paying attention or chatting. I have to say that this church is one of the most well-mannered churches on the face of the earth. You're awesome. I want to congratulate you on that. Now, did you see what I just did? I practiced good manners. <laughs> Didn't that feel good? That you're the best church in the world? Oh. Okay, so why does it matter? Why, why is it important to have good manners? Well, I'm going to tell you very simply. It's because good manners are all about being like Jesus. It's all about putting others first. 
thinking about how others feel. So let's talk then for a moment about the good sense that good manners make. First of all, when you exercise good manners, you are honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. When you practice good manners, you are making it clear to everybody around you that you are serious about this business of following Jesus. The name of Christ and Christianity has gotten such a bad rap over the years because of a few so-called Christians who have said things and done things that's given us a bad name. And everybody knows about this. A few years back, a comedian and TV, uh, TV star by the name of Ellen DeGeneres, has anybody ever heard of her? She came out as being gay. She was a lesbian. And it was on the cover of Time, it was on the cover of magazines, it was on the news, it was on CNN, and it was, I mean, in fact, before she even announced it, there was a big buildup saying that the announcement was coming. It was a big deal. After she made the announcement, one of the TV preachers thought he would take it upon himself and poke fun at her and call her names. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but there was a preacher by the name of, who's not living now, Jerry Falwell. And he came out on his TV program and called her Ellen Degenerate. Does anybody remember that? It was on the news. All of the talk show hosts got a hold of it. Jay Leno and David Letterman, it was, on the, it was on the CNN. Everybody's reporting. What are they reporting? That Christians are bigots. They're intolerant. They're nasty people with bad manners. I was so scandalized and humiliated that one of our Protestant pastors would stand up and say that. Now, I don't want anybody leaving here today and saying, well, Pastor Allen likes Ellen DeGeneres better than pastors. I'm not saying that. But do you ever remember Jesus Christ condemning or judging or calling anybody names? When the lepers came to Jesus, did Jesus say, get away, you scumbags? Did Jesus ever say, you people are the scum of the earth and you've got illness because of sin in your life? Because that's what everybody thought. Jesus didn't put them down, didn't, nothing bad to say to them. In fact, what does he do? He reaches out to them and heals them. And when the tax collectors, probably the most hated people in the country, came to Jesus and are hated. I'll tell you why they were hated, because they partnered with the Romans against the Jews. Remember, the Romans were an invading country. They were, they were taking taxes from the Jewish people, and these tax collectors, who were also Jewish people, were siding with the Romans to take t- taxes from the, their people, their, their, own, their own people. And to make matters worse, they would sometimes pad the bill and take a little bit extra and put it in their pocket. They were the most hated people around. What does Jesus do? You scumbag. You dirty filth. You good, you traitor. No, none of that. No names. In fact, to one, he says, hey, I'm coming to your place for a cup of tea. Well, I don't know if it's a cup of tea, but you get my point. I'm coming over to your place, and we're going we're gonna to eat and drink together. We're going to fellowship together. 
Rather than putting this man down, Jesus exercises good manners and it makes all the difference so that that man becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. And not only does he become a follower of Jesus Christ, he gives up the tax collecting. And he says this, if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to pay them back many times over what I've stolen from them. Folks, this is real Christianity. There was a woman who was caught in adultery. Now, you tell me, how do you catch somebody in adultery? I mean, and they drag this woman caught in adultery to Jesus. And they say, okay, so what are you going to do? And they're trying to trap Jesus to see what Jesus would do. Because the law said she should be what? Stoned. And uh, Jesus says, hmm, all right. He who is without sin, you pick up the stone and throw the first one. Ah, that's a problem. Why is that a problem? Because there wasn't one person in that crowd, and I suspect they were all men. There wasn't one man in that whole crowd who could say, I can do it, I'm without sin. There wasn't one. And Jesus is just he's drawing in the sand, not looking up. Finally, he looks up and he says, where's all your accusers? And she says, well, they're all gone. Oh, nobody's accusing you. Very good then. Go and sin no more. Look at this. This woman who is acting like a prostitute, Jesus treats her like a lady. Folks, this is how Jesus calls us to treat one another. Not according to what we think or how we think we should treat somebody, but according to the way that Jesus would treat them. And Jesus treated everyone he ever came across with nothing but love and good manners. Paul says this, we have kept on praying and asking God to help you understand what God wants you to do. We're asking God to make you wise about spiritual things and asking that the way you live will always please the Lord and honor him so that you will always be doing good, kind things for others. That was Paul's prayer for the Christians who were in the city of Colossus. Jesus has called us to practice good manners. And in so doing, we bring honor to the name of our Lord. How many know that Christians have got a bad name these days? It's because, and I'll tell you why. It's because we, we think we're acting like Christians, but we have no idea how Christ acts. We have no idea how Jesus treats people. There's a, a, a well-known, well-to-do businessman in this city passed away some years ago at a construction company and he loved to help in big charitable projects helping with you know advancing church growth and whatever but, but investing big dollars in building projects that advance the kingdom of God it was good appreciated that the problem is is that he was 
an ill-mannered, bad-mannered man. And everybody knew that he went to church. In fact, everybody knew what church he went to. And everybody knew about his building projects. But here's what everybody remembers him best for. It was the way he treated his employees. He thought nothing of publicly humiliating the people who worked for him. He thought nothing of chewing out a foreman or putting somebody down in front of everybody, using language that certainly was not polite language. He even humiliated his own son in public. Now, I'm going to tell you this. People did not see Jesus in that man, even though he did all those great things and invested big dollars in the kingdom of God. Here's what they remember him for. He was a hypocrite. I want to ask you a question. What would your kids say about you? Would they say you're pretty hypocritical, bad-tempered, impatient, unkind, rude, arrogant, don't really care about their feelings, quick to put them down, quick to call them names, they're stupid, they'll never amount to anything, you're a loser. What would your spouse say about you? Would they say that you were a gentleman, a real lady, treating your children and treating you with respect? What about your people at work? If I went with you to work, what would I find out? Would, would your workmates be singing your praises or would they be saying, he goes to church? I don't know who goes to church. She goes to church, really? <laughs> you know, you and I are called to bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ. Now, here's the second reason why you need to have good manners. Because as you are living like Christ lived, you actually set yourself up, position yourself to be successful. Clarence Thomas, one of the Supreme Court judges in the USA, he said this, good manners will open doors that the best education cannot. Interesting, isn't it? If you want to succeed in your business or succeed in your, in your work, if you want to advance, then what you need to do is you need to learn what good manners are all about. The law of Christ will help you get ahead in life more than anything else. I was reading about a human resource department, a very large company, and actually this is common amongst many, many big businesses, but they will say this, that when it comes to an interview or interviewing a potential employee, the thing that they watch for in the first few moments of meeting that, that prospective uh, or potential employee is they watch for the person's manners. Do they look the person in the eye? Do they put out their hand? Do they smile? Does they, do they say thank you for the opportunity to be interviewed? They watch for that. And here's what they determine. Before they will even talk to you about your competencies, about your skills, your talents, or your education, before they'll ever talk to you about anything, about your potential uh, abilities, they look at your manners. And if you're a bad-mannered person, they won't, they won't allow the interview to go any further. It comes to an end. Has anybody ever heard of the Protestant work ethic? 
One of the great uh, sociologists, anthropologists, did a study, noticed there seemed to be a trend amongst Protestant workers. Now, again, this does not come from, from you know, a Christian textbook, and it doesn't come from Christian sociologists. It was, just a, it was a Jewish man, actually, made the observation that Protestants seemed to do better economically than just about anybody else, and this intrigued him. So he began to do a study of the way these Protestants functioned. And this is what they discovered. They discovered that these Protestants, which, by the way, is what we are, worked as though they were working for Jesus. And because of the strong work ethic that reflected Jesus Christ, they were the ones that were always advanced above and before anybody else. They were the ones that were trusted the most. They were the ones that got the most business because people knew there's a businessman I can trust and so therefore I will do business with him. Interesting, isn't it? How when you live like Jesus and practice good manners, not only does it bring glory and honor to the name of Christ, but it also helps you. It helps you succeed. It advances you. Do you know that when you are kind to people, when you speak nicely to people, when you smile at people, it creates a chain reaction. So if somebody is nice to me, then I will be nice to them in return. And that makes them happier. And then they will, in turn, be nicer to the next person. And on and on it goes. The next thing you know, everybody's being nice to each other. Everybody's happy. Everybody's laughing. But the converse is true as well. Is that if you're dealing with somebody who's cranky, then it makes you feel cranky. And the next thing you treat somebody badly because somebody treated you badly. And it's a chain reaction of anger and despair. And, well, you know. Go to Superstore. Every time I go there, I'm either getting hit from behind by somebody who's in a hurry with their cart. They don't say sorry. They don't say excuse me. It's just like, what are you doing in my way? I mean, they're not saying it, but you can see it in their eyes. Get out of my way. Wow. You ask an employee, can you help me? And it's, oh, well, it's over somewhere in aisle whatever. Nobody wants to help. I found out recently that there's a reason for that, and it's because... Employees, so many employees at Superstore, and that might have changed recently, I don't know, but so many employees feel that those who are over them do not treat them well, do not value them, and apparently goes right up the chain. Now, here's the thing. If you're practicing good manners in your home and in your marriage and with your children, guess what's going to happen? You're going to create a home that's happy and peaceful. I've been counseling for a lot of years, and here's what I've discovered. I've discovered that people fight and don't get along, not because of irreconcilable differences. It's simply because of bad, bad manners. We don't listen to each other. We're not polite to one another. We don't speak well to each other. We put each other down. We call each other names. And, of course, again, it's a chain reaction, and it, and it's a, it becomes a vicious, vicious cycle. And when it gets to be like that, man, I can't help you. There's nothing I can do. I can't help when two people are fighting and exercising bad manners. However, I can help you if you're prepared to use good manners, treating each other with respect, with dignity, not being arrogant, 
not being rude, not thinking about yourself, not being irritable, not keeping track of wrongs. Folks, it's all there. It's from the Bible. Good manners, folks, are the thing that's going to, thirdly, improve all your relationships. When you have good manners, you bring glory to the name of Christ. Secondly, you are successful. You advance in life. And thirdly, it improves your relationships. And I'm going to tell you something right now. More important to God than anything else is your relationship to him and your relationship to one another. And the way that you are going to foster great relationships with each other is by learning how to respect one another by using good manners. Please, thank you. No thank you. Excuse me, and not the sarcastic excuse me. Excuse me, not that one. It's excuse me. You know what I'm talking about. We have become so much like our culture that we have actually sown the seeds of demise in our marriage and in our own families in our workplace. God's calling you and me to truly love each other by the way we treat one another. Folks, this is Christianity 101. This is where the rubber meets the road. If you want to talk to me about being a Christian, then show me your good manners. And I'll tell you this, your good manners will transform. Your marriage will transform. Your workplace will transform your community and your world. Some may be wondering, Pastor Allen, talking about good manners, are you embracing Christianity light? Is this really, really spiritual? I'm going to tell you this might be the most spiritual thing you hear in a very long time. Because we're talking about respecting each other, which is at the very core, the very basis of all loving relationships. Jesus did not come to this earth and die on the cross and rise from the dead just so that we would learn to have good manners. He did all that so that we would be reconciled to our Father and reconciled to each other. And good manners, folks, is the the natural outcome of an obedience to Christ, a Christ who said this, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. I got a, a really great email this past week. In fact, it was right after last Sunday's sermon. And last week we talked about listening. And we gave everybody a listening stick. And if you didn't get your listening stick, we still have a few left over. You need to get one. Essentially what it is, we get together with your family or sit down for lunch. Whoever holds the stick gets to do the talking. And whoever is not holding the stick is not talking. And the one who's holding the stick can throw the stick at the one who's... No, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Holds the stick and talks. Well, this person did this. And listen to this. Hi, Pastor Allen. I felt I needed to express my thoughts to you regarding today's message. You see, I'm the type of guy who is generally quiet and soft-spoken. But today, because of your sermon, I know I need to step out of my comfort zone, which is a stretch. You see, I find more times than not, I'm not heard. Yet I tend to be generally a good listener with most people. Speaking out and being the center of attention is not my desire, even though, like you said, everyone needs someone to listen. 
You're absolutely right. My intention, then, is just to be heard. And now I feel that I belong. After the service, I put into practice what you preached. I listened actively and wholeheartedly. What do I mean by active listening? It's hearing a person's heart, not just hearing words, blah, 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 blah. It's hearing words, what they're trying to express from their heart. He said, I listened actively and wholeheartedly and wanted to say this experience has changed my life. Not only did I connect with other congregation members easily, but I also tried this with my own family. The results were the same, beyond my greatest expectations. So thank you. This person discovered the power, the extraordinary power of actively listening to other people. And right after the service, that's what he did. He went into the, into the atrium and started talking to people, list, looking them in the eye and listening to what they had to say. And then he was so excited about it, he took it home and did it at home. This is a guy who says, I listen, don't get a chance to express myself much. But now he's actively listening. Folks, that's just good manners. And by the way, the fact that he enjoyed what I had to say last week and sent me an email to tell me that is also good manners. Folks, listen, Christianity for some people is some kind of pie in the sky, head in the clouds, disconnected from reality. I'm going to tell you that is not real Christianity. That's just some kind of a bizarre religion. The Christianity that I'm talking about is feet on the ground and knowing how to properly treat one another. It's making sure that you think about what's coming out of your mouth, that you say what Jesus would say. And can I remind you what Jesus said? He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Every time you open your mouth and say something nasty, it tells me what's in your heart. But every time you open your mouth and say something that's kind, it's generous, it's building somebody up, that's encouraging, it tells me you've been touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me, please? Father, thank you this morning for a faith, a Christianity that is so very real and down to earth that affects every single transaction that we're involved in with every human being we're involved with. God, we pray right now for the grace and the strength to be like you in all of our interactions. Help us, God, to practice what we've heard from your word today. To be careful not to let anything foul or dirty come out of our mouth. To make sure that whatever we say is a gift that would bless and encourage the people in our life. This is good manners. To be careful, God, to make sure we're hanging out with the kind of people that would inspire us and build us up rather than tear us down. Because bad company corrupts our manners. Help us, God, to live out what real love is. It's not envious. It's not jealous. It's not rude. It's not, it doesn't brag. God, help us, we pray, to be people who are diligent in practicing good manners. And so, Father, as we go from here today, in the power of your Holy Spirit, equip us to be good-mannered people. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said it? Tell the person beside you, practice good manners.